Hello and welcome. I'm talking to you today from the PD Coalition Dealing Satellites Crisis Center, which is located at 1101 Highway 301 North in the city of Dillon, South Carolina. Today's podcast is titled The Four C's, Connect, Contribute, Collaborate, and Communicate. Let's get started. I'm going to start with this question. Why are the four C's important? I need you to stay with me until the end, and the answer will be revealed. Okay, let's start with the word connect. Informally, to connect is to hit the intended target. Connecting for some of us can be spiritual. Well, like connecting with nature. One may say, I am one with the universe. This gives the believer a positive view of their world and acceptance of the trials one endures throughout their lifetime. But how does this word connect to today's podcast? Well, I'm going to tell you. We all experience the need to connect with people, places, or things. It gives us a sense of belonging. I may feel the need to connect with an old friend or with a family member that has long been forgotten. You may feel the need to revisit a place that brought you happiness and comfort. Someone listening to this podcast might be wondering what happened to their favorite pair of slippers or that favorite mug they got for Christmas last year. Connecting is about adding significance to something, whether it be a person, a place, or an object. It's important that we pay attention to how we connect to things in our life and that we appreciate the value of those connections. In the poem Connections by Robert Langley, he writes about appreciating and feeling connected with the world. I quote, How we connect with nature and all its living things make us feel our oneness and all the joy it brings. We are all energy. We don't just impact each other by direct contact. We are the sons of our experience and all those around us. An example of this may be that someone connects to the work of our organization because they share the belief of our vision that through the organization efforts, the region will be a safer, more compassionate community. That brings us to our next word, contribute. Oftentimes, when we contribute, we play a part in adventure. The part you play is up to you, your decision. To contribute your time is a very valuable commodity. I've often heard, what's in it for me? Take away that question and instead ask, how would my participation make this better? To contribute is to give of oneself freely without the thought of receiving praise or immediate validation. We experience the world through contributions of others, and we are each given the free will to contribute. 
Through our contributions, we are able to connect to one another. It's what gives us the power to make the world a better place. It is the belief of the PD Coalition that the reduction of family violence, sexual assault, and child abuse is a community issue and concerns the total community, not only women, not only service providers, but all who value the basic human desire to be free from physical threat and harm. Okay, so now we've covered connect and contribute. Now it's time to talk about collaborate. Joining others to empower the common good is collaboration. Connecting to hit the intended target and contributing to play a part in an adventure works together here. Collaboration joins those who have a need for socialization. Like contribute, you are in control of the time invested. The size of the collaborative isn't what matters. The who in the collaborative isn't important. What is important is that you made the decision to collaborate. Collaborating is a way for your efforts to align with those the people in your community and together you form a stronger ability to reach your common goals. Think of our organization, the PD Coalition. A coalition is like a collaborative. It's teamwork. We join hands in multiple counties so that our message is stronger across our region. This is how you build on your efforts. I will work with different domestic violence agencies across the PD so that my efforts have a further reach and a stronger impact. Finally, we come to our final C, communicate. Communicating is sharing, it's a passing on of your connecting, your contributing, and your collaborating. Folks, I need you to be real careful here. When communicating, demonstrate kindness while also demonstrating direct meaning. Be assertive in your words and don't linger. How you communicate affects how you connect to your intended target. It influences how you contribute and the effectiveness of the collaborations. When we communicate, doors and windows open and the possibilities for well-being enter our lives, giving us purpose. I had a conversation with a friend. I'm just going to call her Gloria for the sake of this podcast. Gloria is a 72-year-old woman who lives in a senior living apartment. Gloria told me that she has joined not one, but three charitable organizations. When I asked her if that was too many, she replied, Honey, since I retired, I want my life to continue to have a purpose. Communication is the delivery of each of the other C's. I will communicate my knowledge of domestic violence with others so that they understand how to get help and how they too can help others. I want you to take a journey with me. I want you to close your eyes. 
adjust your seating and get comfortable. And breathe slowly while I take you on a journey of the four seas. I want you to visualize a calm pool of water. Position yourself there standing near the edge. You are now so close to that calm pool of water that you can feel the cool breeze blowing tiny droplets. You look down and there are four small pebbles. Your intended target is that calm pool of water. You feel your hand releasing the pebbles. As you release each pebble, each one makes a distinct sounding echo. Connect, contribute, collaborate, and communicate. Now open your eyes slowly and inhale with me and exhale. Now we answer the previous question. Why are the four C's important? The four C's represent a guide for how we can make our world a better place and the world of others. It's a way for us to search what gives us purpose. Discover ways to fulfill that purpose. Seek others who share the same mission and work together to make a difference. It's about identifying and fulfilling your purpose, which is a process. Think about these four words and how each word is defined in your eyes. Each one of us was born with a unique and special talent and a purpose. When we realize how to channel that purpose, we enrich our lives, those who work with us and those that we serve. Giving back is always a mutual beneficial. And I hope that today you will spend time thinking about your gifts, your purpose, and your community. It is through the action of ourselves and our neighbors that we grow and become stronger. As humans, we are creatures of habit. There are habits that benefit us personally. There are habits that benefit others. I'm tasking you today to explore which is greater. If your per personal beliefs are greater than the benefits that affects others, then the four C's are for you. If the opposite where your habits affect others greater than yourself, the four C's are for you as well. If you would like to be involved with helping those impacted by domestic violence, sexual assault, and child abuse, please reach out to PD Coalition. If you're involved with a local group, think of something you can do together for the community. Call the Dillon County Satellite Center at 843-774-0898. Again, that's 843-774-0898. Call it today to find out how you can collaborate with us to make the PD a safer, more compassionate place to live. I want to thank you for joining me today for PDC Talk. We hope you will tune in again. Thanks for listening.
and we will talk with you again in the foreseeable future. Hello, and welcome to the PD Coalition Against Domestic and Sexual Assault, Dillon County Satellite Crisis Center podcast for January 8, 2021. Before we move into this month's topic of the common beliefs of domestic violence, I need to inform you that January 2021 marks the 17th annual National Stalking Awareness Month. This is an annual call to action to recognize and respond to the serious crime of stalking. Learn more about this dangerous and frequently misunderstood crime of stalking by visiting our website at pdcoalition.org. That's P-E-E-D-E-E coalition.org. In our last podcast, we discussed the four C's. In this podcast, we're going to invite our listeners to join in and test their knowledge on the beliefs and facts of abuse. So we're going to get started. I'm going to read a common belief and decide if it is fact or is it not. Belief. It is mostly low-income minorities that are abused. Fact. Abuse by a partner can happen at any time to anyone. It does not matter the age, the income, the religion, the gender, the sexual orientation, heritage, the lack of education, how much education, or where you live. This belief may have developed because those who are low income receive public assistance and those that provide that assistance are required to report data. Other incomes, such as middle and upper incomes, tend to seek out private assistance, which do not have to report data. Cultural barriers and fear of alienation from families also contribute. Repeat after me. I believe I can escape this. Belief. Alcohol and drug abuse usually causes battering. Here's the fact. The relationship of substance use and all kinds of violence is well documented. However, some experts believe that substance abuse alone does not cause abusive behavior. Current data reports that one in four men who are abusive do not abuse alcohol and other drugs and findings of those receiving counseling for substance abuse, it has been cited that when the use of substance has ended, physical abuse often continues. Physical abuse should be treated as a separate issue. Repeat after me, my fears are dissolving. Belief, women stay in abusive relationships when it's so easy to leave. Fact. Victims of abusive relationships experience what we call verbal threats, such as killing them, their children, or others, and they have a fear of losing financial support in their home. The emotional control that the abuser has over the victim 
diminishes their self-confidence that the victim believes that they can no longer leave. This is what is called the cycle of abuse and pain. During the relationship, tension builds. During this phase of the cycle, the abuser demonstrates outward burst of verbal frustration and is insulting to the victim. The victim minimizes this and often becomes passive. The next phase is explosion. In this phase, any physical altercations that the victim may have experienced in the tension building phase becomes more frequent and harmful. The final phase is kiss and make up, which is often referred to as the honeymoon period. This is where the abuser convinces the victim that it will never happen again, that they are so sorry, and the abuser may lavish the victim with gifts. The abused person may believe that if he or she changes themselves, that the battering will end. The cycle of abuse and pain is not a one-time event. During this time, the support of family and friends are weakened. Often it is the batter's efforts of keeping the victim isolated from a support system. The threat of stalking, sexual assault, not allowing the partner to seek employment, or destroying their property is just a few more reasons why the partner does not leave. Repeat after me. I find great courage within me. Belief. It is the victim's fault that this is why the abuse happens. Fact. Throughout history, it has been the belief that a woman's role in the home is to provide comfort and happiness. Many believe that when a beating happens, it is because a woman did something wrong during the relationship. Here's where we're going to discuss heredity versus environment. Is abusive behavior learned or in our gene makeup? The assumption that all batterers were abused as children or that they witness abuse in the home applies to some but not all, as well as once a victim, always a victim. Just as mentioned before, not everyone that survives a violent relationship falls back into a violent relationship. Taking time to heal is the key to living a nonviolent lifestyle. Whichever you believe, heredity or environment, it is important to know that for the victims and the veterans, there is hope to ending the relationship. There is hope to ending the violence. Our organization offers the Alternative to Violence Program for Batterers, which is an education and intervention program that teaches alternatives to violence and controlling behaviors. For the victims of physical, emotional, sexual, financial, and verbal abuse, the coalition provides individual and group counseling services, advocacy, safe shelter, information and referral, and 24-hour crisis intervention through our 800-273-1820 or 800-843-669-4600 contact numbers. Repeat after me, I am bold and daring. Belief, violence does not affect children in the home. They will get over it.
fact, even though the batterer may not physically harm a child, the child experiences emotional harm. The child may act out in ways of depression, anxiety, harming others, harming animals, or harming themselves. When they're older, they may run away or seek substances that they believe can erase the pain. Here I make a reference to our listeners to tune in into Williamsburg's latest podcast with the interview with Madeline Ard, Miss Clemson USA for 2020. She speaks on her personal journey of living in a home of domestic violence. Repeat after me. I am fearless. Karen Wagner, former director of Stop Abuse, states this. Love and caring intertwine with pain, jealousy, and absolute control over the woman through progressive attacks of threats, humiliation, intimidations, and beating. As the abuse escalates, the abuser justifies his violence by claiming a time-honored right to do so. He blames his mate for his own violence. Over time, the abused person loses all sense of identity. She feels guilty and trapped. Eroding self-esteem becomes fear and helplessness. Now get comfortable in your seating. Please close your eyes and clear your thoughts of the day's activities. Picture in your mind's eye a cellar. Put yourself there in the darkest corner. You see a small ray of light shining through a crack in the wall. You adjust your eyes and trace the ray of light. You see that the tiny, thin light of light ends at the top of the stairs. You're the only person in the cellar. There is no one keeping you from making it up each step and opening the door. You turn the doorknob and take a deep breath. You step into the light, open your eyes, and smile. Now imagine that each step you took was a cycle of abuse and pain, and every time you got further up to that light, you would pull back as if a lasso was placed around you. Our organization, the PD Coalition, is available 24 hours with assistance to provide encouragement, to reach that light, and in into a world of hope. Our 24-hour contact number is 800-273-1820. When you contact our organization, we assist you with developing a safety plan. A safety plan is often referred to as an escape plan. Included in this plan is putting together of an escape kit. This escape kit contains extra car keys, cash, phone cards, social security numbers, birth certificates, and driver's license. Refills of medication is important. Along with clothing, this escape kit can be stashed at a trusted location. If children are included, work with them on how to exit and how to and where to dial 911. It is important for them to know their home address. Once you escape, don't look back. Keep looking forward and keep moving. It is the vision of the coalition that through the organization's efforts, 
in its entirety. The region will be a safer, more compassionate community. Repeat after me. I am lovable and valuable. Let's review before ending. Intimate partner violence is about power and control. In an, any intimate relationship, the abuser attempts to control another through a pattern of threats, physical and sexual assaults, and psychological and emotional abuse. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. Please give our Dillon County Satellite Crisis Center a call at 843-774-0898. Our day hours of operation are 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., Monday through Friday. If you're not calling us from the Dillon County area or you're calling us after 5 p.m., please call our 24-hour crisis line at 800 800- Two seven three one eight two zero. Again, thank you for listening. Hello to our podcast listeners. We're coming to you today from Dillon County. Today I'm speaking to you as an advocate, a concerned member of the community, a mother and a grandmother. Although I'm not a survivor, in my professional career I've had the privilege of receiving education in substance abuse, child abuse, law enforcement advocacy, sexual assault, and today's topic of domestic violence. I'm going to speak to you today about the importance of faith and how it can help victims heal after abuse. For many, the journey from victim to survivor includes three parts, advocacy, law, and faith. Faith can be an important part of a survivor's journey, but in some cases it can also complicate the path to healing Some survivors may be faced with abusers who manipulate religious beliefs and religious teachings, or faith leaders who lack knowledge to provide counsel. This has the potential to create additional barriers to escaping the abuse, and it can even create barriers between a victim and their faith. In many cases and for many years, religion and faith have cultivated a negative rapport with victims of abuse. The discouraging of divorce, the idea that a wife should obey her husband, and the ill judgment of same-sex relationships are examples of how religion can create barriers to a victim's healing process. At PD Coalition, we encourage pastors and religious leaders to remember that by healing and helping victims, helping them find safety and heal, They help grow closer to their faith. The National Resource Center on Domestic Violence conducted a study that suggested spiritual and religious beliefs are sources of comfort for a majority of survivors. The study also showed that nearly half of survivors sought religious or spiritual counseling after experiencing abuse. Many survivors found healing and the strength of their religious practices and involvement with the faith community. The research from this study indicates that religious involvement can promote greater psychological well-being and can increase the survivor's sense of support. It is crucial that faith leaders continue taking steps to understand the dynamics of family violence and how to support survivors. 
Faith communities have the power and responsibility to ensure that faith is not manipulated by abusers, but rather it is a source of empowerment and community for victims and survivors. Faith leaders and others in the community can share their support by fostering healthy, non-judgmental environments where they feel comfortable having difficult conversations. Safe Haven is an interfaith partnership program against domestic violence. It developed a religious community response wheel, which is meant to be a guide for what religious leaders should consider when working with victims and survivors of abuse. Categories on the wheel include develop protocols, create a safe haven, teach through life cycle events, educate your community, work as a team, get training, use your profit voice, and support your children. Let's start with developing protocols. Developing protocols is to have an action plan in place, prioritize the safety for the victim and enforce accountability of the abuser. Be ready to make referrals to agencies that can help provide safety. Create a safe haven. Creating a safe haven means to inform your congregation of the safety within and let your community know of your support. Ensure your congregation has access to resources. Teach through life cycle events. Watch the family dynamics and be aware that sudden changes may escalate abusive behavior. Talk with your congregation and fellow worshipers about these dynamics, which is healthy and what is not healthy. Educate your community. Be proactive, post materials, posters with referral contacts, provide community education on topics like domestic violence and child abuse. By educating others, you educate yourself. Work as a team. You clearly define your role. Build relationships with professionals such as advocates, law enforcement, and medical. Encourage your church staff and leaders to foster these same relationships. Make sure your congregation knows there are multiple people within the church that they can speak to. Use your prophet voice. Give sermons on domestic violence to increase awareness. Include domestic violence in your prayers. Establish yourself as someone Victims know they can come to for help in case of abuse. And finally, support your children. Train all teachers, youth leaders, and child caregivers on recognizing abuse and whom to approach with concerns. Be sure children are aware of inappropriate behavior and that they know who they can talk to if something happens. Our organization also encourages awareness on bullying and teen dating. Teaching young children to tell an adult when a situation confuses them or makes them uncomfortable may be a powerful strategy to promote child safety. Prevent Child Abuse PD is a service office by the Durant Children's Center of the PD Coalition. Prevent Child Abuse PD provides classroom presentations for children 
ages 4 to 12, on personal body safety, utilizing the Talking About Touching curriculum. Children who participate in these kinds of programs show significant improvement in prevention-related knowledge and skills, with those in preschool and early elementary schools showing the greatest gains. Darkness to Light is a national nonprofit organization that seeks to empower adults to prevent child sexual abuse. Darkness to Light has developed a two-hour training program called Stewards of Children. This program teaches adults who work with children or who care about children to prevent, recognize, and react responsibly to child sexual abuse. Durant Children's Center has facilitators who have been certified to present training in the PD region. The only cost to the individuals is the cost of the workbook. For more information on these programs mentioned above, visit www.pdcoalition.org. Our organization, the PD Coalition Against Domestic and Sexual Assault, believes that the reduction of family violence is a community issue and concerns the total community. Not only women, not only service providers, but all people who value the basic human desire to be free from physical threat and harm. The following episode includes an exercise that describes the fictional description of an assault. If you believe that you will find the discussion to be traumatizing, you may choose to participate in the exercise or you may not choose to listen to the exercise. We are providing this notice to help to create an atmosphere of mutual respect and sensitivity. Again, if you feel you will be traumatized, you may choose not to participate. Now, I'm going to ask you to clear your mind and place yourself in the role of a survivor. Your mind is calm. Your mind is clear. Your name is Courage. You are a mature age. You are sitting on the sofa of your home. You place ice that you wrapped in a cloth over your left eye and cheek. You just took two aspirin to ease the pain from your left arm and leg. You reach for the TV remote and surf through the stations in the hope that you can locate a program that will relieve your pain and ease your mind. You stop when you hear the voice of a pastor praying for those that are in situations that need healing and courage. You fall to your aching knees and weep uncontrollably. You then find the courage to go to your phone and call your pastor. You hesitate because your partner has isolated you from outside influences. You are relieved when you hear the voice stating, I have been praying for your call. Reverend Dr. Marie Fortune states this, None of us, as helpers, should ever put a battered woman in the position of having to choose between safety and the support of her faith community. She needs both, and it's up to us to provide that. 
This quote can be found in the Faith and Intimate Partner Violence Handbook for Advocates. It is a collaborative production produced by the Florida Coalition Against Domestic Violence and the Faith Trust Institute. Reverend Dr. Fortune is a minister in the United Church of Christ. She is the founder of Faith Trust Institute. Her books include Keeping the Faith, Guidance for Christian Women Facing Abuse and Sexual Violence. As advocates of the PD Coalition, we're given the privilege of providing a safe, non-judgmental, confidential environment for victims of domestic violence, intimate partner violence, and sexual assault. Believing in our vision that through the efforts of the PD Coalition in its entirety, the region will be a safer, more compassionate community. For further information, go to www.pdcoalition.org. That is www.pedecoalition.org. Or visit us on the PD Coalition Facebook page. We provide community victim services in Darlington, Dillon, Marlboro, Florence, Chesterfield, Marion, and Williamsburg counties. Thank you for listening.